last week we started this series, um, Bah Humbug, right? And that phrase, Bah Humbug, comes from the famous Christmas Carol, right? The, the novel by Charles Dickens. And the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, used that word, Bah Humbug, whenever somebody would come up to him and say Merry Christmas or try to give him some, some merriment, uh, you know, say hello or whatever it was, and he would just go, Bah Humbug. And what Bah Humbug meant was a displeasure over somebody else's joy or, or merriment around Christmas time. He'd just say, Bah Humbug, I'm not into it. Well, as I was praying about this Christmas season and what we would look at in the, in the, in the Bible and the, around the Christmas story and around Jesus himself, was sometimes Christmas or the holiday season isn't the most wonderful time of the year for folks. The holidays has a way of amplifying grief, amplifying pain or loss or brokenness. And I just felt like the Lord wanted us to acknowledge that this, this time of the year, not just, you know, put on our little happy faces and, and, and bear through it, but to, to really talk about it. Because for all of us, we're going to go through seasons in life of grief, of loneliness, of pain and sorrow for, for many different reasons. And so my prayer is that God will heal us because Jesus is the answer to all of the pain. It's crazy that the holidays brings about. It's Jesus has the answer to whatever pain we're we're experiencing. So today we're going to talk about loneliness. A recent poll I read said that half of Americans admit to an intense feeling of loneliness. Now, we all get lonely, right? But this poll said an intense feeling of loneliness. And I got to thinking about that. Well, we do live in a lonely world, right? Most of our connection is on Facebook or social media. The real depth of relationships is lacking. People in their neighborhoods, we pull into our garage and shut the garage door, and we don't even know our neighbors half the time. It's a lonely world, lonely homes, lonely neighborhoods, um, whatever. And we often try to fill our loneliness in the wrong way, right? We fill our, try to fill our loneliness with things that actually just isolate us even more, make us more lonely. We get into a bad relationship because we're lonely and you get into a relationship that you know isn't God's will or gonna work out for you, but we're so lonely, we get in that relationship or we try to numb our, our pain with substances or something just to, so we can get rid of that, that horrible feeling of loneliness. The loneliness is a sense of isolation. It's a, a separation from the relationships that we were, we were created for, our relationship with God and one another. And so today uh, I'm gonna read from 2 Timothy what the Apostle Paul has to say. Now the Apostle Paul understood loneliness. He really did. He you know, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but several of those letters in the New Testament were written from a, a, you know, a lonely prison cell. And so towards the end of his letter to his protege, Timothy, Timothy was uh, somebody that Paul discipled. Timothy ended up being the pastor of the church of Ephesus, the Ephesians. And he wrote, you know, that letter to that church. It was a huge church. It probably had they, some historians say maybe up to 20,000 people. Maybe it was the first real mega church, right? <laughs> but there were 20,000 people that were part of that, that early church that Timothy pastored. And so Paul writes two letters to Timothy. And in the second letter, 
think we see how to deal with loneliness. We're going to see what causes loneliness and how do we deal with it. Here's what he says. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You You too should be on guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory and forever and ever. I'm going to stop there. Now, that's a personal letter to, to somebody. So I, why did God preserve this and, and inspire you know, Paul to write these, these letters? Well, it was so that we could learn. And, and whenever you're teaching or, or looking at the Bible, you have to say, what does this have to do with me 2,000 years later, 2,000 years after it's written? I think that right there has the answer to what causes loneliness and how do we get through it. So if you're in a, a season of loneliness right now, or maybe you know somebody that's that's feeling lonely, or one day we're all going to go through a time where we feel, feel lonely, especially this time of the year sometimes. So what causes loneliness? First thing I want you to write down is life's transitions. Life's transitions. He said the time for my departure is near. He knew there was a transition coming for him. Life is like, a, a, like any story or any good book. There's chapters, there's twists and turns, there's and there's transitions within any story, and each one of us is a story. The person that you met this morning is more than a name. They have a story that God has been writing and is continuing to write. And in all of our stories, there's times of pain. There's times of grief. There's times of difficulty in our life, and there's times of also, you know, great joy. Any major change bring, can bring about loneliness. You could go to a new school. I remember at the end of seventh grade, my parents decided that they wanted to move back to their home state of Georgia. I was the only one in my family born in Colorado, youngest of four. And so at the end of seventh grade, they were empty nesters, and they said, let's move back to Georgia. And so I had to leave all that I knew, you know, and that's not, not fun when you're a little kid to move and start in a brand new school with didn't know a soul. And I remember making it out in time for football practice in August. Football practice in Georgia in August was not fun. It was so hot and all that equipment, be, being from Colorado, right? And all my new teammates kept calling me Denver. What's up, Denver? Denver? You know, that was, didn't, didn't call me by my name, but I was Denver. And uh, 
I just remember, though, going to practice in school and just feeling that real empty, lonely feeling, not knowing anybody. That happens in any season of life if we don't feel like we're, we're connected to people. You can go to a new job, and that transition can make you feel lonely. Um, a new neighborhood. You don't know. You, you left all these neighbors that you knew, and you're in a new neighborhood, and you have to re-meet people or whatever, you know, meet new, new friends. A new church sometimes, right? There's many people who have wandered through the doors of Novation that didn't know a soul and now are connected. But the first time you go to a church, it's a little scary. Like, you go try to find a new church. You don't know anybody. Um, are they going to point me out? Are they going to make me say something? Are they, gonna, are they weird? What, what is this church all about? Yes, you, Brian. That was Brian. He was talking about himself. But I wrote this down. Change has a way of bringing a sense of gain for some and a sense of loss for others, right, within that same season of change. And it's happened in our family recently where Janelle and I, you know, have two of our kids that don't live with us anymore. One of them got married. Chase got married. She joined the Navy and got married within a year and a half or whatever. And it was like, like that, that changed. So for her, that's all gain and exciting. And I, I'm excited for her. But it's like I blinked and now I have my oldest daughter's married, right? And time just goes by so fast. And that season of life where, where there's transitions brings gain and excitement for some. And it brings a sense of grief for, for others sometimes. And that can le- let us make us feel a little bit lonely sometimes. Um, another reason for, that causes loneliness is relational separation. You can write that down too, relational separation. Paul was sensing that. Do your best to come to me quickly, like, please. <laughs> and I remember when Janelle, before she took a full-time position with Novation, her job before, she had to travel a lot and honestly, I can barely breathe without her. So I would like die when she would be gone for a, you know, a couple days or a week. And, and I just remember that, ugh, I hated that, that, that feeling. But sometimes because of travel, because of our job, moving or whatever, we can be separate from people and not have that sense of closeness with somebody. And I wrote this down. Jesus is all you need. However, a big part of how he meets your need of him is through others. He's all you need, but he's, he's a, a big part of how he, he meets needs, our need is through other people. Think about that for a second. In Genesis chapter 2, God said that it's not good that man should be alone. If you remember how the story of creation happened, God spoke and, and called all of creation good. And then he he creates Adam, and he gives Adam the privilege of naming all the animals. And at the end of naming all the animals, Adam realized that there was nobody that was like him. He was created in the image of God, right? And though the animals are God's creation, they're not created in the image of God. Though the mountains and ocean are blue, that, that, that's God's artwork. That's not, you know, necessarily, that's not created in his image. We as people are created in the image of God. So it wasn't good for man to, to be alone. There's, we were created for relationship. Made me think of uh, Castaway, the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. His, if you haven't seen the movie, it's like 20 years old, so I'm not going to be spoiler alert for you here. But um, 
You remember his plane, he was a FedEx employee and he was hitching a ride, you know, home and he's got to fly overseas. The plane crashes in the ocean and everybody died on the plane except for him. And he got some of the FedEx stuff, the packages were there and he learned how to use it to, to kind of survive on this deserted island. And he had a volleyball, right? And uh, that was one of the things that survived and he cut his hand Oh, and he put his hand on the volleyball to pick it up, and it left like this imprint of a face. It looked like almost like a little cartoon face. So he began to have a conversation, and he named it Wilson, the volleyball. How many know when you're on a deserted island, you might start talking to a volleyball if you were by yourself? Some of you introverts might enjoy that. I don't know, but for a season, you would actually start to talk to volleyballs or make something. And if you remember in, in the scene, a few scenes later, the volleyball got sent out to sea. And as that volleyball was drifting away, he was like, Wilson, he was crying like, like he just was watching somebody die. We were created for relationships. It's not good for us to be alone. A couple things that cause relational separation. And I've gone over this, but relational separation is, is one of them's conflict. That's the worst way of, of having relational separation is when you're in conflict with someone that you love and care about and you're separated. Man, that's, a, that's not a good feeling. Your job can take you away, travel, etc. and busyness. I was thinking about how busyness causes relational separation. I can't believe how many times recently I've had conversations with people that I, that I love and am close to, and we've said, man, we haven't caught up in a long time. It's just, it's been a while because everybody's so busy that we... We're relationally separated. When it comes to God, there are a couple causes of separation that we feel towards God. Now, God never goes anywhere. We have to remember that. He's with us 24-7. But one of the things that causes relational separation is, is my disobedience. And, and when we disobey, God doesn't go anywhere, but we tend to, in that feeling of guilt, like kind of turn our back on him and try to pretend that he's, he's not with us for a second. And when we were wallowing in, in our guilt, that's why I'm a big believer in quick repentance, quick, quick forgiveness, because God doesn't go anywhere. He's always saying, hey, I'm right here. Come back to me. But uh, disappointments, we can get disappointed with God because life doesn't go the way we thought it would. And so we, we get mad at God when God's not, you know, we don't believe that he's working all things together for our good. And then just lacking community, lacking fellowship with other believers can make us feel distant from God. That's why it's important to gather together more than just an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. That's why we have home groups, and that's why I have core groups, and, and men's events, women's events, pizza and sweaters. What a great opportunity to get to know one another and just take that step of building more and more relationships because God has given a mission to the church, the local church, in novation being one expression of the local church, there's a mission. And in order for us to fulfill the mission of God is we got to be together. For us to, to be the church, we got to be together. And we got to fellowship and, and strengthen one another, practice the 50-something things written in the New Testament about one another, pray for one another, care for one another, teach one another, etc. We need that. It's, it's the body working together. Another thing that causes loneliness is when we experience opposition. 
When you experience opposition, maybe somebody's uh, critical of you or they embarrassed you or you felt singled out, we can easily, when we feel opposition, feel lonely. Uh, Paul said, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. He strongly opposed our message. We don't know what Alexander, the metal worker, did to Paul, but whatever it was, it hurt. It caused him great pain. And so when we get opposed, when somebody criticizes us or we get experienced that, we, we tend to build up walls and we say, nope, no one's ever getting in here. I check you off my list. And when we do that, we find ourselves even more lonely. The, the thing that we think is going to heal our loneliness actually tend, makes it worse. And then this kind of goes right along with this, but another thing that, that causes loneliness is hurtful rejection. I think loneliness caused by rejection, when, when somebody you love rejects you, that is probably the worst kind of pain and loneliness that we can experience when we're hurt by somebody that we've put our trust in, when we're hurt by somebody that, you know, that we, we love and, and adore, and then they end up rejecting us or hurting us. And Paul said, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. We don't have a a peg in our worldview to hang rejection on. From the time we're born to even being an adult, no one likes to experience rejection. It always hurts because we're not wired. We were wired to be loved and to feel rejection causes deep, deep wounds. So how do we get through? This is what causes loneliness. How do we get through it? How can we get through a season of loneliness? I think Paul gives us a Uh, Four simple things here. First of all, I would say if you're in a season of loneliness or this isn't the most wonderful time of the year, keep yourself productive. Keep yourself productive. That's the first thing to write down. Paul said, when you come, Timothy, bring bring my scrolls, bring my parchments. Um, Paul figured that if he was going to be in prison, think about it. He was in prison for preaching the gospel, right? He was in prison for telling people how much God loved them. (laughs) He was in prison for talking about the victory that Jesus had over over sin and death and the devil. And he was in prison for that. And so he figured if I'm going to be in prison, he was going to keep himself productive. He was going to study. And in God's sovereign plan, God working all things for good, even a bad situation like prison, Paul wrote several of the letters to the churches because he was, Paul was a go-getter. He, he, he didn't want to, wasn't a guy that was going to sit at home and not do anything. And God, in, the, in his prison cell, he wrote, you know, if he, he, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote a good portion of them from prison. Man, it makes me thank God for that. Um, second thing to do if you're in a season of loneliness is keep your heart open. <laughs> keep your heart open. What I mean by that is Paul was lonely, and he said, everyone deserted me but may it not be held against them. You might be lonely this season uh, because somebody has hurt you or you felt deserted. Or you may know somebody who's going through a season of that. Don't let bitterness and unforgiveness get in your heart. Paul said, they deserted me. He acknowledged that he was in pain. We need to do the same thing. But he said, may, may, they not be, may it not be held against them. It made me think about Jesus Here's Jesus on the cross, you know, bloody, beaten, battered, humiliated, spit on, all the things that he went through. 
And what does he say on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's a power when we, when we keep our hearts open and we don't let our loneliness or the reasons why we're lonely or in pain, that we don't allow that to let us become bitter. Because bitterness and unforgiveness is just more walls of loneliness when you're unwilling to forgive, when, you're unwill- when you go down the road of bitterness. Third thing I would say is this too, keep your eyes on Jesus. Season of loneliness, you got to know how much Jesus loves you and that he's with us always. He said, the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. We need to recognize his presence on a daily basis. Wake up and recognize that the Lord is with you. He's there to give you strength, to give you wisdom, to give you guidance about whatever it is you're doing that day. You're, you're going to go through lonely times in your life, but you'll never be alone if you have Jesus. When you're trusting him, you're going to be lonely from pe- people, but you're never truly alone because Jesus promised that he would always be with us. Um, and it echoes what David said in the Psalms. He said, though all forsake me, though my father and mother forsake me, you will never forsake me. What a great promise that though we feel rejected, we feel lonely, we always have Jesus with us. And then the fourth thing is this, keep your focus on your purpose. Keep your focus on your purpose. Don't let, don't let your loneliness get you off of your calling and the thing that God has for you in your life. God has, has given us all the purpose to love him and to love one another. And we actually love God by loving people. That's how, that's how we experience. God doesn't need anything from us, but our neighbors do, our families do, our friends do. And so we're, we, we, that's our purpose in life is to love and, and care for people. So don't ever forget that. Paul said that, that the Lord, he, he knew this purpose of preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel, that the Lord was going to see him through that. He knew his purpose and his calling. When you and I don't know our purpose, we're going to try to find it in the wrong places. And I just want to remind you, family, Your purpose is not what you do for a living. Your purpose is not who you think you are. It's whose you are. Your purpose is to love God and to love people. That's how we understand that. And we don't want to look for it in the wrong places. Will you stand with me? I want to pray. If you're in a season of loneliness right now, I want to pray for you. Sadly, sometimes we can be in lonely families where we feel isolated. Sometimes we can feel lonely in a marriage and feel distant from from one another. So loneliness isn't just an absence of people around us. It's the absence of connection. It's the absence of, of depth in a relationship, feeling accepted, feeling like you matter. That If we don't have that, then we, then we tend to feel lonely. Maybe today, too, if you're not in a season of loneliness, but you know somebody who is, um, I want, want you to draw them to your mind right now, somebody that needs the touch of Jesus on their life. Lord, it's not easy to talk about feeling lonely or the pain that we have. It's hard for us to acknowledge it. But I thank you that you know, Lord, we're We're broken. I know broken people hurt broken people and continue to hurt people hurt people, Lord. And I pray today for 
everybody in this room, anybody that would listen to this message, Lord, that they would know your presence. They would know that our significance and security comes from you and you alone. But we also acknowledge, Lord, this morning that you created us for community. You created us for relationship. And it's not good for us to feel alone or be alone. I pray, Lord, for those that are feeling lonely to connect, Lord, right here amongst their church family, to connect in in, in relationships. Lord, that we'd be willing to be vulnerable and acknowledge this. And thank you for your power, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for one another, God. Lord, today we just acknowledge our need of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and living a perfect life and dying on the cross for us and rising from the grave, just as you said you were going to, to give us ultimate victory, Lord, to be with you for all eternity. Lord, we receive you this season, fresh and new in our lives. Thank you that your joy is our strength, that your peace is with us, even when life feels chaotic. We love you, God. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.